Welcome to the Unlocking Unlimited Potential Stories podcast. My name is Dr. Brandon Beck, and I am so excited for you to be here to join us today. This podcast was originally a live show that was aired across several different social media platforms. The goal of this show is to amplify the stories of amazing people, which serve as inspiration for your journey. Your story matters. It tells us who you are and who you want to be. Enjoy this opportunity to hear from these innovative thought leaders as they discuss what it means to unlock unlimited potential. If you are looking for an opportunity to connect further with me after this show, please visit brandonbeckedu.com to learn more about my speaking, coaching, consulting, and other offerings that are designed to help you and your organization find greater results in your journey. Welcome to the Unlocking Unlimited Potential Stories show. It's so great to be here with you all. I'm excited to have have my fellow brother from the Northeast, from Maine, all the way from Maine, Michael Glenn. How you doing, Michael? I'm doing well. Yourself? I'm good. I'm good. Everything is good. It's been uh, a wild couple of years. We were just talking about the, the things that have been going on for you in education and your transition from teaching to principal and so on and so forth. You're a principal right now in Maine and for the going into your second year as a principal. And so we're, we're looking forward to diving into that a little bit. But first, let's just jump into you right away. Let's jump into your story. So we were talking a little bit about this on the pre-show and you were like, wait, 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 let me just let me just make sure this is OK. I want to tell you this. So. Totally cool. This story is is interesting. Your story into education and how you became a teacher and then later on moved on into administration. All right. So um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, when we were talking, I was never uh, a good student in school. Um, never really. Obviously, didn't, I didn't give my full potential, um, kind of just kind of got by. Um, I mentioned earlier, I think I went my whole school career, never read a book, um, never really made any connections with teachers, just kind of went through it. Um, sorry, when I got into high school, uh, I got to that point where, okay, what am I going to do next steps? Where am I going to go from here? Um, I had an older brother who was in the military and I'm like, well, maybe I can do that. Um, that's kind of always been my backup plan, going to the army or one of the branches, um, and then I was in, we were at a, uh, it was the middle of winter. I think it was my freshman year and there was a basketball tournament at the school and I was hanging out with my buddies and we were again, not doing the best of things. And I ended up getting in trouble, uh, by the police. I got caught, uh, breaking into a car and one of my, ways that I had to kind of repay that was I had to do some community service, started looking around to find out uh, different places I could do that uh, and worked at the Y uh, during the after school program with uh, some third and fourth graders. And then uh, 
kind of after that time working with those kids, um, it's kind of got put in the back of my mind. I'm like, well, maybe I can be a teacher. Um, and then once I got further in my high school career, um, started giving a little more effort, uh, soft, uh, my junior year, senior year, applied for a few colleges, um, and ended up going to college to become a teacher. And the rest is history, yeah, man. I am. It's so funny. It's so interesting to hear you say that. And I've had so many of these shows. I was telling you about that a little bit before. I've had so many of these shows with um with just so many amazing educators that are out there in so many different capacities. And as I think and as I reflect on these shows, one thing that comes in common most often is that these people who are out there leading school districts, they're out there being asked to come to their school to promote and work with making this shift into education for the better. These people all had stories that were not exciting about school. They didn't love it. They, they had a rough time. They were the student that seemed difficult at times. They were the student that, you know, got into trouble like yeah. yourself. And I think it's so interesting because I, I just, after hearing you say that, I just actually started writing on, in, in the paper next to me and just started writing something that I was thinking, which is really a connection that is pretty obvious. But, you know, even myself, like, school wasn't always e easy for me and it was a tough place and I didn't really enjoy that either. And here I am now out there and like you and all these other people that are out there, we're out there trying to unlock unlimited potential in believing in that all that everyone has a chance. Everyone yeah. has a story and it just goes to show those kids sometimes that we have in our classroom that may or may not be the easiest to work with, especially those ones that may not be the easiest to work with, they could potentially be someone who goes out there and does what we do, becomes a teacher, becomes a future teacher. Yeah. I think that's really, I think that's a really interesting thing to note about your story as well. Yeah. I know like when I had, I, there was, I hadn't, I didn't have any teachers that I kind of connected with kind of all the way up through until I got to high school. Um, and I had a few teachers in high school that I kind of really connected with, made good relationships with. And then that's kind of what I brought into my classroom. And like I said, like you were talking about how, well, we see these kids in our classrooms now that they're the difficult kids, the ones that say they can't do this, can't do that, shut down. Um, and kind of all I saw, it was myself in those kids. I'm like, well, that's, that's who I was. So it kind of gives me that in to talk to them and to start kind of trying to find something they're interested in or trying to make that connection, um, spend a lot of time uh, in conversations with students, um, kind of focusing on them to make sure that they understand that I'm here for them and that I'm going to be kind of their number one person when they go through this schooling. Cause like I said, I never, I didn't have that at a young age. Um, and yeah, I'm not sure so what many with my life if I, if I did, but your impact as an educator is everlasting, no matter what. It could be just a conversation with a student in the hallway that you don't necessarily have a connection with on a regular daily basis. It could have been that one thing. It could have been you saying, oh, I you know, I really like the shirt you're wearing. Something as simple yeah. as that. Yep. Just that, that one. Could that make one a student stay better, right? That one oh. interaction, that one more, just that yeah. one more interaction. You know, I'm currently reading. Moment 
I'm currently reading Ed Milet's book right now, one more. So I just keep walking around and telling myself, just well, do one more thing, do one more, you know, one more interaction with the student, one more kid to just say hello to, one more kid to look in the eyes and and give a high five and and let them know that you care and and just by taking the moment to just tune in. I think that's it's really valuable. I think that says a lot about the times about how important our impact is. And even if, because there are times as a teacher and as a as an administrator, you've had a student who was difficult and you may not feel or believe that you got through to that student. Right. Yeah. And it and but you may not see it. And a lot of times we don't see our impact as an educator. It's not until they write the thank you note. 20 yeah. years later when they had Correct. their own yeah. children or they're a teacher or, you know, they decided to become a teacher or they leave your class and they realize, you know, what they, you, what they're missing or your school or whatever it is. And, and so it's just really interesting, you know, that you bring up that story. I know you were kind of like a little nervous about like, yeah, are you sure you want me to tell this story? And I was like, you know what, like we're going to learn from that story because that story has been said time and time again. One yeah. person we had on this story, Manny Scott, you know, he yep. dropped out of school. He had a bunch of different homes as a kid, but now he's out there and he's spoken on one stage to a hundred thousand people at once. Yeah. It's like, it's think crazy. about the impact, right. That we have yeah. as educators. It's a, it, it, that's sometimes something we lose a lot of sight of. And I think that's really, I think it's important about your story. That's why we share stories. That's why I believe in the power of story. Talk a little bit about your, your shift from going from a teacher to a principal, what was that like for you? I know there was definitely a lot of uncertainty in the process because as you go from a teacher to a principal, it's a different kind of role. And yep. also getting that job, right? You also have to get hired to be yeah. the, the, you know, the administrator or the principal somewhere so that, to get a school district that believes in your ability to lead. Uh, yeah, no, kind of, I'll take you back kind of the very beginning about um, kind of when I became a teacher, when I got my first job. Um, I actually, right before graduating college, I had an opportunity to uh, teach overseas um, in China, and I was it was a uh, so I'm in Maine, and the the main school had like a sister school in China that we could go and teach at. So a buddy and I that had, he had graduated the year prior, we're like, oh yeah, let, let's do that. Let's go over there for a couple of years, and we'll uh, go over there, teach for a couple of years, and we'll just kind of come back, and then we'll be good to go. So I didn't apply for any jobs when I graduated college because I had already planned to go over to China to teach. I had already talked to the, the uh, school principal. He, he was like the superintendent also. He's like, yep, you're all set to go. I'm like, good, let's do this. So June rolls around, hadn't heard anything. July rolls around, hadn't heard anything. And I've been emailing back and forth. I'm like, hey, what's going on? Um, well, I'd like to know when we're leaving, when did we have to get some things in order? Um, and I kept in my head, I'm like, well, I need to know by like August 1st, if I'm going or not. And August 1st rolls around. And I remember emailing, uh, the principal at the time. And I'm like, Hey, I was like, what's, what's going on? And I was like, we're going to be leaving here. Cause we're supposed to, I think we we're going to end up leaving like the 10th, the 15th or something like that to go over. To, I think it was Shazing, China. And he emails me back and he said, oh, there was a problem with your work visas. Mine got denied and another person's got denied. And so 
all of a sudden it's the first week of August. I don't have a job for the coming school year and I am frantic. So I go out and I apply for, I don't know, a hundred jobs, any job that I saw that was posted, I applied. And when I went to the interview for the school that I taught at prior to becoming a, a principal, I remember it was a, on the job application, it was a three, four split. I had no idea what that was. So I went to the interview, found out that it was a third and fourth grade classroom, combo classroom that was a split classroom. I went to the interview, I believe it was like August 22nd or something like that. And that was like a Wednesday and kids started that following Tuesday. So I had, so I went to the interview, left, got a call on the way home. Yep. You got the job started the next day. So I went in, got my classroom ready. Um, and then once I got that position, that's, I, I stayed in that school for seven years, um, stayed in the district for 11 years. While I was that first year I was at the school, that's where I met, met my wife. Um, we've been married, uh, almost 10 years now and we have three kids. So it kind of worked out for the best that the whole China thing fell through. Um, when I was a teacher, I spent most of my time as a second grade teacher and I finished off my elementary career as a first grade teacher, um, had the opportunity to move up to the middle school in our district. Um, and I jumped up to teaching uh, fifth grade language arts. Um, during that time, I was, uh, when I moved, made the switch to go up to the middle school, I also started going for my master's um, in educational leadership. And then last spring, graduated and started applying for different principal's jobs. Um, went on a handful of interviews, kind of always got told the same thing. We're looking for somebody with more experience um, or the position got kind of filled in-house. And kind of the same thing happened with this current job I have now is this job got posted late. It was August, I think it was August 3rd, my interview. And I was hired August 5th to uh, start my first year as a principal. And I guess- That's awesome. Yeah, and it's it's kind of, it's been a, it's been a fantastic, it was a fantastic first year. I couldn't have, couldn't have asked for a better first year as a principal. Yeah. And it goes back to what you were saying earlier is, you know, everybody deserves a chance. Yeah. Right. And so you were in the, everybody has to be a first year something at one point in their life, you yeah. know, and especially with administration, you were saying things to yourself. Well, yeah, maybe I need, you know, they wanted more experience. They wanted more experience. That's always something that holds many of us back is, yeah. oh, well, I don't have the experience. And everybody has to have a first year somewhere. Every single person who's out there doing all this great stuff that they're doing, like they all started at year one. They yeah. didn't jump to where they were. And, and so yeah. I think it's important to respect that process. You talk a little bit about kind of the shift from teaching and, and going into administration. So what were some of the the things that you experienced 
that going from that classroom teacher, going to that next level of administration, what were some of the things that maybe surprised you a little bit? Um, and I'm going to just kind of step back real quick. Also, you were talking about like everyone needs that kind of first experience. And that's one of the ways that when I had this interview for this position, that's one of the ways I kind of ended my interview was I talked about how, cause we, we, one of the questions was about student data and using data to drive your instruction and like school improvement. And I remember t telling them at the end that we talk about like student data, um, but all it is is a snapshot of where they're at. And I kind of related it to myself in the interview. And I talked about this here is almost like my test right now. And so you're kind of seeing where I'm at. I was like, but you, this doesn't show you my potential. So I'm asking you to see my potential and to kind of give me this job. Cause once I get it, then that's all I need. I just need that chance. Absolutely. Yeah. You could take the person who has one year experience, but all the will and all the hard work and all the drive, I'll take them any day over the person with 25 years experience with, you know, a question about their drive. So now, I totally agree with you on that one. So going back to your question about kind of the transition from a yeah. teacher to an administrator, this is going to sound, I don't know if this is going to sound funny. I kept on waiting. Once I made the, the, the change, the first month was crazy because I was, I started, I, like I said, I, I think I had like 20, 25 days before the kids started. Um, never been an administrator before, never had any experience with it. So I, that first month was kind of a blur to me. And I kept on telling myself, I just, I'll know what to do once the kids get here. And that's what people kept asking me. Like, oh, how's it going? I was like, good. I was like, I, to be honest with you, I have no idea what I'm doing. I said, but once the students walk through the door, I'll know what to do. Because um, that's what I knew. I knew students. I knew connecting with students. So as I kept waiting for that first day of school, once that happened, everything else just kind of fell into place. And I kept finding myself kind of waiting for the shoe to drop. Like, well, I'm like, kept thinking, like, when's that next big thing? When's the big thing going to happen? And it never did. And I think that there's, because if you're, if you're, if you put your focus on the students and making sure that you're kind of making all of your decisions on what's best for the students. And I kind of look through the mindset, like I said, I was a teacher just last year. So I still know what it's like to be in the classroom. And I, it was, it was a, a really, a really good year. And like I said, I kept waiting for that, like the shoe to drop or the big thing to happen where I'd be faced with like, my first real thing that I was worried about as an administrator, but it never happened. And that's one of the things that I've noticed just in conversations with people is when I tell them I'm, I'm a, a building principal, they're like, oh, I couldn't do that. I wouldn't want that job. And I hear that all the time. It's, it's almost like if you're a principal, there's like a negative connotation towards it. And there shouldn't be. 
there's that thing about like, no, we need to talk about what an amazing opportunity this is for somebody and to talk about the impact you can have. Um, not just like if you're a teacher and I used to have this mindset that, well, I wouldn't want to be a, a principal. I was like, because I'm going to miss that impact that I can have on those 20 students that I have in my classroom. And I remember talking with uh, a friend of mine who was a, a building administrator and he's like, well, no, you got to think the other way. You have to think about, think about that impact you have on 20 kids and multiply that over all the classrooms. And I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. So like I said, I kept waiting that first till the kids got here. And then as soon as the kids got here, um, I kind of hit the ground running. Yeah. And that's what is most important is that once the students, I like that you said that once the students walk in the door, I'll know what to do. And I think yeah. that that's, you know, there's many different facets to being an, a great school leader. But one of the ones that sits high in the pie chart is that student connection, student relationship, because you can be the greatest manager of all adults and the greatest facilitator of all adults and have the best personal connection with all the adults. But at the end of the day, if you're not coming out of your office, if you're not standing at that door greeting students, then you're losing that yeah. teacher that's inside of you. Yeah. And it can be, I think that's what a lot of people think that it is. And most of the administrators that I've met in my career are the ones that are making those connections, are the ones that are thinking about creating the connections with teachers and students. And I think that's really powerful. I think that's real pow powerful for us to, to talk about. And there's a lot of great educators that are out there doing great things. And one thing we do on this show is we dedicate the episode to someone who's out there unlocking unlimited potential in all whom they serve. And you and I talk a little bit about this at the beginning of the pre-show, and you brought up a name that we both love and follow, and Joe Sanfilippo. So talk a little bit about your selection today. Yeah, so uh, I came across Joe, um, I think uh, probably through Twitter, obviously, and I remember I read um, when I was going through my master's degree, I kept trying to find kind of like that like-minded individuals that were kind of student focused, building connections and relationships. Um, and I remember just kind of Googling and searching and then came across him and uh, his book, um, Hacking Leadership. And I remember I got that book and I read it and I'm like, yes, this is exactly what I'm talking about. This is what leading a school should look like. Um, and that's kind of where kind of I went. So I started following him on social media. Um, and then everything he puts out, I just, I just connect with like in my office here, right before uh, every time I walk out, I have his little quote up there that every interaction matters because every interaction could be the one that they remember for the rest of their lives and the one that they talk about to everybody. And it could be just a, a quick 10 second interaction in the hallway, but they're going to remember kind of how you made them feel 20, 30, 40 years from now. They're going to remember Mr. Glenn getting down on my level and talking to me um, and treating me like, like I'm a real person. So that's kind of one of the ways that 
like we talked about um, as an administrator, like I said, once, once the kids get here, I'll know what to do. And that's one of the things that I made sure of that I got here early in the morning to make sure I get all of my principal duties done before the kids got here. And then as soon as the kids were here, I'm out in the hallway, going through the classrooms, talking to them, connecting with them. Um, because I, I knew that if I just, if I do that, then the teachers that are in my building are going to know that, oh, he's here for the kids. And it's not something that I'm just talking about in a back to school workshop saying, oh, we have to make sure we're making the best decisions for the kids and we're treating the kids with respect. I, I can't just say that. I have to go out and actually show that. Yeah. You have to walk your talk. Yeah. You know, just like the teachers have to walk their talk and walk in their values so that their students can can learn them and, and follow them is the same way as the administrator, same way as the school leader. And I love what you were saying there about Joe, by the way, hashtag grow crickets. Yes. Um, I love what you were saying there because that's what we've been talking about at the beginning of the show. You know, that one interaction, just that one more interaction, just yeah. one more student, one connection with student that could be enough to set their world on fire. And that power is really, really important that we have as educators. And one thing I consider that I call that, that the end result of that power is that the unlimited potential and, and that power is being able to unlock it, right? For me, I feel that that's the ultimate goal for educators. But one thing I do on this show is I ask all the educators to finish my sentence. Yeah. Unlocking unlimited potential means. Um, so unlocking unlimited potential to me means, um, so we're thinking about with students that kind of we're providing opportunities for them to be successful um, in order for that success to kind of build um, for them to kind of find their purpose in life. So we're in the, those opportunities for success might be different activities you do in the classroom, or it could be that conversation that you're having with them in the hallway. So building those connections, provide, providing those opportunities so they can find their true potential um, and their purpose in life. 100%. I mean, and, and that purpose is something that for many of us think that that's, oh, that's just something that adults have to be aware of. That's just something that yeah. adults have to know. No, that purpose is your why. It's yeah. the connection of your story, how you got here to that why. The question that they always ask, why am I learning this? Yeah. Why are you learning this? Well, let me tell you why. Let me Let me ask you why. Why do you think? And getting them to understand their purpose and everything is is really important and it's also helped them to start to see the word purpose and see that your the reason you're here is for them like your purpose as an educator if it's clear and you walk your talk like you said we're gonna keep going down a very you know positive road ahead and i think that's right. important so big year coming up and you have the school year ahead it's coming and excited about the new year so what are some things you're excited about in the coming year? Um, so one of the things that I'm excited about, I said, I spent that first year kind of focusing on the relationships that I have with 
our student population. So I spent time, like I said, in the hallway every day, in classrooms, in the lunchroom, talking to students, learning everything I can about them. Um, I would, I remember being in the cafeteria for lunchtime, just going up and down the hall, the rows of kids, just trying to learn their names and just going and I'd play games with the kids and just trying to, just to make that first connection. And then finding out one thing about them and then making sure that I kind of relate back to that when I talk to them later on in the school year. And what I'm most excited about this year is kind of taking that same approach with the educators in my building and really focusing on those relationships. Um, and that's not to say I didn't focus on them this year as my, as a first year principal, but I could do a lot more and I want to kind of show them that I'm here for them also is I'm not just here just for the students. So it's kind of all of us kind of together. Wow. That's awesome. I love it. I agree with you. You started at the core, you started at the students, and now you're moving your way out to fine tune the connections that you're having with everybody to continue to make those connections as powerful as can be. Yeah. I love everything about it. And I hope everybody's excited for the school year and your school. And I hope that you're excited to kind of, you know, I'm excited to hear more about what happens. And I look forward to following you on socials. And I've loved watching you on socials and the stuff that you've been doing and the stuff that you've been sharing. So I hope everybody continues to follow you. You can find his contact and his information for social medias in the show notes as well. But as we get to the end of the show, I just want to say I really appreciate you taking the time to connect with me and have this conversation. I really learned a ton from, from talking to you. And I'm hoping that you have, and I know you will, have a great year yeah. ahead. Yeah, no, thank you. Is uh, I was really, really excited to kind of sit down and talk with you today. And uh, I look forward to uh, continuing this connection. I appreciate that. And to all our listeners out there, if you're interested in learning more and checking out more, please head on over to our website, brandonbeckedu.com. Sign up for the Something For You newsletter. It comes out on the 1st and 15th of every month, and it is loaded with tips to help you reflect, tips to help you learn, tips to help you grow, tons of things. Everything in it is in, is free. So run on over there, check that out. The July 15th issue, the August 1st issue, the August 15th issue, whatever it is, just get on there and check it out. And to everybody out there who's doing all these amazing things, remembering that everybody deserves a chance, like we talked about in this episode, but most importantly, remember that the journey towards unlocking unlimited potential begins with you. I hope you all continue to educate with passion. Have an amazing day.